Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Mm. Michael Strahan comes by today. Runs through his trip to space, his TV work on GMA and Fox, NFL Sunday, the loudest stadiums he's played in, and he gives his Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady predictions for next season. Right off the top, the next thing you hear is Chris reacting to Sean Payton stepping down as New Orleans Saints head coach. And then after Michael, Chris, and Macon run through the NFL Conference Championship matchups, their preferred Super Bowl matchups, and talk a little news around the world. Enjoy. Hey y'all, it is after hours. We finished wrapping up the pot. I hope you enjoy it. Mike's a great guest. Uh, Mike and I had some fun today. Uh, but the Sean Payton news just came across my desk, my uh, proverbial desk. Reed slid the proverbial paper across my proverbial desk and told me, did you hear the Payton news? I thought something happened to uh, you know Peyton Manning and I was really worried. It just turns out that Sean Payton had had enough of Ian Book, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, and a very expensive Taysom Hill. I think he probably decided that he was out around the time that Ian Book threw that pick six on Monday night against the Dolphins, because that's when I would have been out. And the Kevin James movie makes perfect sense now. The Kevin James movie was Sean Payton's Big Ben Lap. Reed, I'm going to just come right out and say it before we, before we get back to regular scheduled programming. This is Sean Payton. I don't know this. This is my instincts talking. I've been wrong before. But this is Sean Payton saying, fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, and taking a year 
and then waiting for the vultures to circle around Mike McCarthy and get that job. Do the Bruce Arians mm-hmm. move. Which, hey, put my conspiracy theory hat on, my conspiracy theory beret, my conspiracy theory Kangol. I think the very curious giving Mike McCarthy another year after that debacle and after some of the underwhelming performances they've had, and knowing Jerry's you know, short attention span, like maybe this has been in the works. I'm not saying there's tampering, but I am saying maybe, you know, Sean Payton coached under Bill Parcells. Like that's no secret. It's one of his guys. You know, Dallas has always been something that's interested him. He spent time in Dallas because of hurricanes and that sort of thing. Like I, I, I could see Sean Payton in Dallas and I think Sean Payton uh, would want to make good money to get back into it. And I think somebody like Jerry could make that happen. So again, this is one of those, hey, put this in the space needle in a time capsule. And uh, if in a year I'm right, we will resurface this social. And if I'm wrong, we just won't do anything with it. Sean Payton to Dallas. So Bill Barnwell said that you could make a strong case that Sean Payton was the best hire an NFL team has made since Bill Belichick. It's interesting. I think Sean Payton kind of transcends a hire. I think Sean Payton, a lot like Drew Brees in that city with everything that they went through, he's really part of the fabric of that city, which is why I don't think him up and just leaving for another job was ever going to be the thing. I think that a break and like a, a, you know, kind of like a, the soft breakup, it's like, uh, so I'm breaking up. I'm not breaking up for somebody else. It's not you, it's me. And then it's actually Dallas. You know, it's, um, It's one of those things, but I think Sean Payton has been, listen, I put him up there offensively with with almost any coach that's ever coached in the NFL, and I have tremendous respect for him. He ran a really tight ship there. He ran a tough ship. I mean, those guys worked their ass off there. Um, They practiced hard. Their teams were physical, and they always had an attitude about them, and that's the one thing I hope that team doesn't lose is that kind of like that little bit of Sean Payton in their soul. It's like a little asshole. you know, it's uh, he, he brings that to the table with the competency, and I will miss seeing that kind of smirk on the sidelines. Uh, would you like to see it in the announcer's booth? I would. You know, I, I would like to see him on TV. Just more out of curiosity. I Like, I'm sure he'd be very good at it, but I can't see it. It's one of those coaches that I just can't see in the booth. That's not to say that he's not going to be awesome. I think I'd love to see him talking about football. Fuck, anytime you can get somebody that smart educating people on the game um, who's not mailing it in because he wouldn't, I could see Sean Payton on TV for sure. And when it comes to like replacing Sean Payton, you're not going to. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to recapture that Sean Payton magic. Somebody has to come in, and I know like that organization now has kind of a way of doing things and that sort of thing, but. I wouldn't try to find another Sean Payton. I would, especially with their cap situation that you guys just talked about a moment ago before we popped on. Like the cap situation is messed up. Quarterback situation is a big shit sandwich. They've survived playing great defense. Their defense has stepped up when it counted. I mean, like their defense has been the thing that's kept them in a ton of games the last couple of years. Even, you know, towards the end with Drew Brees this team's identity kind of shifted and a lot of that has had to do with Dennis Allen. And so I say Dennis Allen deserves a shot because when you look at some of these other hot shot names, a lot of these offensive names, here's a guy who's been in the building who is different 
in personality than Sean Payton, but understands kind of the tenets of like who we are as the New Orleans Saints, that sort of thing. But a guy that's been the lifeline. It hasn't been the offense that's carried this this thing the last couple years and kept them in it. The thing that's kept them in it has been Sean's ingenuity, but they haven't been spectacular offensively. The thing that's carried them has been their defensive competency and their defensive attitude and their personnel on defense and the way they've developed players. Marcus Davenport bringing a guy like Demario Davis in and making him into like one of the best players in the game. Like you didn't know who that was before he was in New Orleans. You know, getting something out of Malcolm Jenkins on a second stint. Cam Jordan has been awesome since, you know, day one. But they've gotten things out of guys. They've developed guys. And I think when you've got a team that's obviously not going to light it up on the scoreboard next year, I think you lean into what your identity could be. And that could be a really tough, scrappy team. Uh, you've got Taysom Hill under contract, so there's that. Could run some some quarterback read stuff. You mentioned Peyton's offensive capabilities Peyton and the Saints rank first in NFL history in both points scored 27.6 and yards gained 391.2 among all coach and team combos yeah. uh, with the least five seasons together. The offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael Jr., has been there since 2009. Yeah. So he's been Peyton's right-hand guy. If the Saints can keep Allen and Carmichael together, that's – you know, two-thirds of a very strong football team. This is the first time they missed the playoffs in the last uh, six years. No question, yeah. So they have a good basis. You could pick one of those two guys. Allen seems like a great choice and give Carmichael Jr. the entire offense. Yeah, no, I mean, like, listen, this does seem like a place where you're more capable of keeping it in the family than somewhere else. I just hope they don't try to – like, I hope whoever steps into that role doesn't try to be Sean Payton. Because, you know, a lot like when a coach has been somewhere long enough, that DNA just gets imprinted. And anybody who follows them or anybody from their tree that goes out and tries to sow their wild oats, uh, see the Bill Belichick tree, imitation can often be, you know, not the, the greatest form of flattery. Uh, it can actually completely shit can the whole operation so i hope that whoever steps in that role in great point cowboy they have very stable coordinator presence um they seem to be you know a, an organization that's married to the city like it's a it's a one culture thing um they can lean into that i just hope that dennis or whoever gets that job next you know starts over and you know is their own guy like i, I think they can keep it in the family but but be your own guy. I like Dennis Allen as the hire, but this is day one. A lot can develop from, from here on out. So outside of the Saints family, the other name that I'm hearing is Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator from Detroit. What would you think about that as a hire? I mean, listen, another guy who's been there, who's respected, like they know who it is, because as I said, they kind of probably have their program, their, their type of people, but different enough from Sean and again, a defensive guy. So that would suck for, for covering Campbell, and the staff that he, I mean, Anthony Lynn's already gone up there. If Aaron Glenn left, I mean, uh, we, we'd be down two kind of head coachy kind of candidates up there in Detroit that you have on your staff. He could be on the move. That's a great point. It could be Aaron Glenn. I mean, Aaron Glenn could be in the, in the discussion and probably should be. And we might get to know the Lions and covering Campbell real well next year because now with Sean Payton departing, there's only three teams that can be forced into hard knocks next year. The Jets, the Panthers, and the Lions. Ooh, Jets, Panthers, Lions. Definitely want to see the Lions. The Lions book it. They're, they're you know, like no interest in the Jets. 
a little bit of interest in the the, the the possible train wreck that that is the Carolina Panthers right now and hearing you know like what's Matt rules version of the mojo moment but uh I think it's gonna be Detroit yeah give me all the covering Campbell content Sean Payton really gave us a lot of great content this year he gave us Kevin James in a movie about Sean Payton and he might have been the uh, the key to uh, to seeing covering Campbell on hard knocks so thank you for everything Sean Payton terrific terrific chapter in uh, in New Orleans I, I I have a hard time imagining that football will ever be as electric in that city again it's gonna be a long time and him and Drew absolutely did that so happy trails Sean Payton let's get on with the podcast I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it tastes great. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I recommend it to the whole Greenlight crew, especially Cowboy Reed. And now everybody's feeling spry. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens is also a climate neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So we had to break for lunch. Like we had to try to do hello and then break for lunch. You've had a cold. Your voice isn't working. You have a big backstory. Let me air a grievance. Okay. Hello is one of my favorite parts of the show, but sometimes it goes a bit long. Like sometimes we just kind of sit there for a while and we just ramble about nothing. And then I have to like go after the show because I try to keep the first five minutes as tight as I can for the listener. You know, like you want to get the plane off the ground. Uh, So that's my grievance is sometimes the hellos go too long. May may I air mine? Yeah. I think you're you're trying to stifle my creativity. (laughs) No, for sure. I'm serious. giving you plenty I mean, of opportunities to be creative. Maybe we're talking about it too much before the show. Yeah. But once we're in it, I think we're in it and out of it. Yeah, go go for it. Watch this. Okay. Struther. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, said, you said earlier that you thought you were going to get fired today. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you've been making this, but you, <laughs> because you can't pick a fucking town in the United States. Look on a map. There's a billion of them. You have one job before we, before before you show up to this job that pays pretty well. Your job is to find a city on the map and then say hello to it. <laughs> have you said that out loud? That's your one piece of homework. And you show up and you don't have a city, so your answer is not to delegate or just pick one. It's to make up a city name. 
<laughs> it makes no <laughs> sense. So I had a vision. I had a vision that uh, the next hello was going to be to a place called Struther. Yeah. But I didn't know where that existed. So I looked it up and it turns out it's in Missouri. You had like a Moses vision? Yeah. But we've been doing a lot of Missouri. So then I decided to go Struther, Oregon. Hello. <clears throat> Not a real place. Hello. <clears throat> Not a real place. But there are no rules to this. And I don't even think we need to let the folks behind the curtain that it's not a real place. I think this helps letting folks behind the curtain. And I, I for one, want to be on record and say, like, I think this part of the show can sure suck some days. Today, it's been funny, though, because we had to break for lunch and start over. Yeah, I thought this might very well be the day, and it still could, that, that you've just had enough of me. Is there a day in your head that you're like, this is a certainty? It's not, a, it's not an if, it's a when? Well, no, I, I can't read you that well sometimes. Like, sometimes I think you generally, genuinely do think that I'm um, uh, funny. Yeah, you are. And then there are other times where I, I feel like you would like heavy sometimes. punt me off the balcony. <laughs> it's, it's you know, St. Thomas Aquinas said, there's nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. And it is uh, his birthday. Yeah. Also, Paul Newman's birthday. Nice. Cool hand Luke. Not Michael Strahan's birthday. Not Michael Strahan's birthday. He will be on here shortly. Do you like the Paul Newman dressing? Uh, I like it better than no dressing at all. When I pour it on the thing, I say, shaking it off here, boss. Nice. Yeah. Reference. Yeah, cool yeah. Luke thing. Yeah. Uh, hey, Michael Strahan is, uh, is a Hall of Famer. He's been to space. He was a star for your favorite team. The New York Giants. Still yep. your favorite team. Yep. Hasn't changed. Number 92. No. Will never change. <laughs> At this point. Uh, and we're going to talk to him about uh, his Blue Origin flight. He's cozying up with Bezos. And his brother Mark. His brother Mark. And uh, I don't think we got to the Giants, but we talked a good deal about pass rushers as cars. I mean, if that, if that sounds uh, enticing to you, stick around. And some other stuff. The playoffs, the whole nine yards. After that, we're going to go more into... Uh, hey, we never got to my part of hello, which was all these fucked up town names. Right, you tried to help. Yeah, I was trying to help you. I was saying, well, why don't we do this today? Why don't we pick one of these places? Unfortunately, it turned out I was married to the Struther idea. You were. You really do get married to this. is part of the problem. Yeah. Listen to some of these places. Fucking Austria. Uh, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I've heard of that one. This is my favorite one. Penis Stone. I don't know where that is. Sounds like the UK and probably like a Peniston. Try that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. I read it as Penis Stone. <laughs> Uh, try this this might ruin the whole um the motto of the town that they put on believe it or not it doesn't hurt to pass through oh that's good yeah it's pretty good dildo canada wet wang uk hooker oklahoma climax georgia is a good one i think it's indicator actually oh fuck come to climax <laughs> and horny town north carolina all right, let's talk to let's let's talk to Michael Strahan after a layup line. Layup line is going to be Rainbow Stew, Merle Haggard. But worldwide war is over and done, and the dream of peace comes true. We'll all be drinking that free bubble up and eating that rainbow stew. Merle Haggard's uh, it's it's a Merle Haggard week. I don't know why it's a, a Merle Haggard week. Uh, Do you know Merle Haggard went uh, spent some time in San Quentin? 
I did not as a know youth, that. As a youth. I did not know that. Yeah. I was just looking up to see if Haggard was the actual uh, family name, and indeed it is. Oh, it definitely is. He's not the type of guy, he was not the type of guy that would have had a fake name, like a stage name. But a, a fairly funny surname, the, the Haggards. Yeah. Tired. Yeah. Tired all the time. I get that a lot because of like my, I got a very uh, thin uh, under eye uh, skin. Haven't noticed it lately. Oh, really? Now I do, but haven't uh. lately. <laughs> You know who doesn't have uh, under eye skin like that? Michael Strahan. Just energy. Fifty everywhere. years old. Yeah, lots of jobs. Yeah, it looks younger than us. Yep. Strahan. It's really that time of year, and your team might finally do it. Or if you're a Chiefs fan, you might want to just book the trip now. This year, Super Bowl Fifty Six is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February Thirteenth. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket close to the day. Of course you can. Or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats, only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs, On Location. Yes, you want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. And it's not just about game day. From dinner with NFL legend Marcus Allen to pregame parties featuring acoustic sets from Wyclef, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's Super Bowl on location. This is like quite the resume. Good Morning America host, Fox Sports analyst, obviously works alongside my pops. It's like a buddy cop thing. Uh, Co-founder of Smack Entertainment and the man with his own clothing line, Michael Strahan. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. Buddy comedy, me and your dad. I wonder who is the uh, the cop and who is the buddy guy. I'm oh, I don't know, man. I think dad might be the bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the haircut for it. Hey, uh, Stray, who would play you guys in a movie? Oh, uh, who would play us in a movie? Man, who could play your dad? That would be hard. I mean, for one. me, it would be like Denzel Washington. <laughs> um, but for your, for your dad, that would be a tough one. It's hard to find a guy who's so good looking and so athletic and so, <laughs> like, you know, perfect haircut. I don't even know if they can make somebody look as good as your dad with prosthetics nowadays. I don't know, dude. He's The worst thing about him being so good looking is that when we take pictures together, I can never get one where I look younger than him <laughs> i don't know what it is your dad's like benjamin button yeah it's he's, up. he's the tom brady of sports broadcast yes he is he is the tom brady of sports broadcasting the uh the michael strahan line like when i first interviewed you three years ago it's probably one of my first interviews i was wearing michael strahan stuff i was wearing the msx and i gotta tell you i wear the shit out of it and it's still kicking so this is durable gear i want you to tell the listeners about your partnership with uh, Carl Banks. Oh yeah, you know what? First of all, I gotta get you more stuff, man. Probably yeah. just keep going up and up every year. Okay. But I'm excited, you know, the Super Bowl's coming up and we have this collection that we did, um, MSX and Starter, which is owned by G3 and Carl Banks' company. So behind me, you can see one of our Starter Super Bowl jackets. Sick. And um, if, 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 if that's not your color, which I have a feeling you'll like this one, man. You got to get the black one, baby. Ooh, yes, that looks good. The black one. That yeah. looks good. So we're excited about this collaboration with Starter. 
February 5th. It is available to everybody out there. We're going to announce it on Thursday, so you guys get a little sneak peek. Nice, nice. Yeah, I love the long sleeves. I got a bunch of the underwear. Dude, There's MSX is good gear. You know, a lot of people think, oh, that guy might be mailing it in, but he's making quality shit here, dude. dude Michael you know, Strahan you know makes quality shit. I have to do, though? Like, I literally, every fabric, I touch it, I feel it, the buttons where pockets are, if it's a zipper on it, if it's not... From not just like um, MSX and athletic gear, but collection like the suit brand yeah. and everything, constantly working. So if it's not right, I don't do it. And if I can't, if I don't wear it, I don't do it, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of work, a lot more than people probably think. And I'm a lot more involved than people probably probably think. But the reason behind it is if it's great and people come up and say, it's great, I can go, thank you, and feel good about saying thank you instead of if it's great and I'm like, thank you, and I have nothing to do with it. I'm kind of a fraud. Yeah. And, and also, if it sucks and they say it sucks, at least I can go, thank you. Yeah, or maybe you could tell them why, sucks, hey, right? why I did something this way because I was in there touching all the fabrics, man. I was there. Exactly. And, and also, like, fits big guys well. In the 2010s and the early 2000s, we were just talking about this offline. It was hard to find clothes for big guys. We were out there looking yeah. like awful. Even the little guys were looking awful uh, back in the day. In yeah, they put us in bags, fabric bags. On the Fox set, is there a rack that you guys are, are choosing from or can everybody show up in like a charcoal gray and it's like, ah, we got a problem oh, today. You know what it is? Vicky, Vicky Trilling is our stylist on the show and um, she just make sure that everybody blends and every week she has to come up with something new. I don't know how you do it because she has to do our show and all the other shows at Fox. So she is busy. Yeah. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. And damn good clothes. I mean, dad, he, they have dad looking really cool on there. You know, your dad's been looking really different and good. I'm like, how we, something's going on, man. Yeah, you got to tell me off air what's going on with pops because he slimmed up. Yeah. Suits are fitting right. I could tell he's feeling himself, yeah. but I didn't want to call him out in front of everybody. So he and I we got to have a conversation because your dad's kind of killing the game right now. He is killing lie. the game. He he looks great. Uh, skin care. It could be the skin care, which I'm, I'm on that. I'm going to find out. Okay, so hours of sleep a night for you after everything I just read, all the stuff you have your hands in. Do you, what's the what's the the minimum for Michael Strahan on it? Because you can't get eight hours. No, you know what? Now I I, I can't even sleep eight hours straight anymore. Really? So yeah. usually about seven hours. Believe it or not, that's not bad. Yeah, that's what we're averaging here. What and are what are those hours? Um, nine thirty to five thirty. Wow, you're a nine thirty bedtime guy. That's that's. Well, I'm in bed. I'm usually in bed like eight thirty if I can. Nine. That's why. And some days I go till you know. No, no, no. I'm used to ten thirty to five thirty. That's seven hours. What okay. am I talking about? Okay. But I'm in bed about eight thirty, nine thirty, and I I turn off everything by ten thirty. Nice. Okay. Uh, GMA, you ever had a guest you were really nervous before talking to yet? Like this has been a, you've, you've transitioned so seamlessly. I think we've joked about this before. Some really young people might be like, that's the guy from good morning America, not the hall of famer. Like you, mm -hmm. you and my dad have done that so well, but still you've got to get nervous sometimes, or is it not like playing ball? No, you get nervous. I get nervous every day. I get nervous interviewing even my friends. I yeah. had Jay Glazer on today. I was like nervous interviewing Jay. We had Kevin James on. Another good friend. I'm nervous interviewing Kevin because you're they're my friends. I don't want to screw it up for them. Yeah. Also, you do get some stars on there sometimes, and you're like, oh boy, I've always admired this person. 
I, I don't want them to think that I'm stupid or mm-hmm. goofy or something. So you got to make sure that you're acting all cool and all that. So, yeah, I, still, I get nervous every day. Not a day I'm not nervous. But That's that good. kind of gives you the energy to get through it. That's what I love about it. That makes me feel I'm pretty fucking nervous going to work every day. I look cool and relaxed yeah. right I get now. I seven hours sleep. But I wore a white 92 like every day at class 15 years ago. Did you? Yeah, I, it, was, it was bad. Well, I, I mixed in a Plexico <laughs> and an Eli and a LT and a Tiki. You had the Plex jersey yeah, as well. Yeah, but multiple stray hands. Um, okay, so your wiki, all this stuff's on your wiki. I was like making sure nothing new popped up with you. Space flight, right under your career, like Hall of Fame career, and then they have a little blurb for space flight, and it's one line. And it says uh, you go on the Blue Origin thing on whatever date it was in December 10th or something. Like, it's been a few weeks. That's the coolest thing I think you've done. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that insane or were you afraid? Like, talk to me about how you were approached and was there any time between, hey, here's the pitch, I'm doing it? Well, from a personal standpoint, it was the greatest thing I've ever done, personally. Uh, I, I went to the first Blue Origin fight, flight where Jeff Bezos and his brother Mark and, and uh, they went up, four people went up and it was the incredible, most incredible thing I had ever seen. And I'm not like a, 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 I'm a risk adverse person. I'm just trying to stay alive, man. But I went to that first launch, not worrying about or thinking about going to space and watching the um, the booster rocket come down and land on its own, mm-hmm. and then watching them come down, it was like watching like Iron Man in real life. It was the most amazing human tech- technological feat I had ever witnessed in person, and the adrenaline and nerves I got after watching it, I said, "I'd do it. Yeah, I would do it." And everybody thought I was crazy. So, uh, not long after, I'm that dinner, and not to name drop, but Bezos was that dinner. Mm, yeah. With his brother Mark and their wives and their girlfriend wives and and so we were talking about it. I said, you know, I never thought I would do it. Then I saw you guys do it. I would one hundred percent do it. And a few days later, I get a call saying, "Hey, you want to go up?" And I kind of put my foot in my mouth. So I was like, "Okay, ah. I'll do it." <laughs> but I was confident. I felt great until a week before. Man, I woke up a few days in a row early with with it on my mind because I'm thinking why like life is good you know I'm got, <laughs> yeah. hey, I turned 50 they did a um you know they retired my jersey like don't push the good good has been good don't get greedy with the good yeah exactly and but once you get there you go through the program the training um they push the flight back a few days because of the winds and you're like oh man oh, no this is the wind could take this thing down you're like wait they have to delay it because of the wind no when they released the when they released the capsule from the booster when you come back down if you got strong enough winds we, we would have ended up in new mexico <laughs> so <laughs> yeah then they're looking for you right because they because they know exactly where you're going to land they have a great idea about where we're going to land so much so to the point of where they're already and those trucks whipping out to where we're going to land before we even come down. Like they have a great idea about where we're going to be, but it was, um, every, it was so people go, it was so fast. It was only like 11 or 12 minutes. We trained for three days, three and a half days, but they made you so comfortable. And every lunch you were with engineers, the CEO of blue origin, um, Jeff came in, and you were able to ask them any questions you want about safety, about development, building this thing, how it operates. Um, and these are brilliant people. Yeah. 
every dinner you had astronauts who would come and have dinner with us. And we would talk about walking on the moon and being in space, weightlessness, G-forces, like everything that they went through. And every one of them said the one thing that I now find to be true, that ever since they came back, all they can think about is going, going back again. And the second we landed, that's the sentiment between me and the other five who were on, on the ship with me is like, I want to go back immediately. Yeah. And it was nerve wracking for our families. But for us being on it, we felt great when you, you know, you can't get off once it hits two and a half minutes, you're stuck. Right. Cause it goes automated. Oh, so, really? And you're looking at that, that countdown clock and you're going, is anybody going to tap out? Are yeah. Is that, that's the point it? of no return. Is that the point you're most nervous? Like, Hey, once you know, I, cause I get like that on a fucking commercial airliner, dude. Like I'm like, <laughs> when they close the door, I can't, I can't freak out and go back to, and go back to Hudson news and get a Gatorade and leave the airport. Like there's, there's no time, man. I t I'm more relaxed on that rocket ship than I am getting on a plane to go to LA every weekend by far. Nice. By far. And once, but once they get like, they got 10, nine, eight, literally you're going, Oh shit, this yeah. is real. Yeah. Like guess what's going through your mind. Yeah. And next thing you know, and then when it goes up, people think it goes up straight. It goes up, it has to move over a little bit to maneuver. So when the capsule releases, it lands where they want it to. Yeah. But then once it straightens up, it twists as it goes up. Oh, slow no. spiral. That way you just look out of your big window and you get to see the whole world as you go around. The big window. There's a big window. The window is huge. It's huge. So you're just looking at this huge window and you're looking at the ground where it's light and you're like, oh, 40,000 feet up. Yeah, I've been in the plane that high. Next thing you know, you look up, you look at the stuff, you're going, oh, I'm going up to where it's dark and I'm going to look back at the light. Then you look again, there's like 100,000 feet, 150, 160, like pop, 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 pop. And you end up 65 or 66 miles above, above Earth. You, we went 2,220 miles per hour. We were weightless for three to four minutes, which was awesome. And you know, it was it was just the most amazing experience that was only 11 to 12 minutes. But when I play it back in my mind, it seems like hours. And I'm just lucky and fortunate to be one of the like, 600 something people in the history of the planet that were able to do it. So That is so cool. Speaking of straight to the moon, yeah. we, were, we were close to having brady rogers yes for the nsc title which say what you will about who you're wanting to see in that game but production meetings would have been a, a breeze this week and not that yeah. there's any shortage of, of oh, storylines with game's san francisco awesome. la but are you guys at all thinking about wow what are we going to be talking about for pre-game well, halftime post-game like what's the reaction when when san francisco beats green bay in the fox studios like you know because you got rogers and, and brady that's the the holy grail to get that game that's the holy grail we're not doing a super bowl so um yeah. you know we just want great nfc games when, that would have been the most insane game to watch. The two old lions going at it against each other. Yeah. But I, I can't tell you that we would be looking forward to going to Green Bay had they won to do our yeah. show. Yeah. So um, when when that game ended, I don't think there was necessarily anybody at Fox who was 
that upset? No, I know one of them. I mean, I know one of them is like, <laughs> you know, go up there and like, yeah, two of them now. <laughs> I feel bad for the guys losing the game, obviously, but yeah. they lost the game. And it made a, a lot of people realize that the winter clothes that we had tried on before the show to make sure we had them all prepared, we didn't need them anymore. Yeah. So that was one thing. And I'm happy for the 49ers. The grit that they've shown the last two or three weeks has been nothing but amazing. Reminds me of a lot of the Giants team that I was on when we won the Super Bowl. And on the other end with Tampa, that was a big surprise. I, I, I wasn't surprised that – L.A. jumped out and had the big lead and should have easily won the game because Tampa's had a lot of injuries. Uh, the, the Rams are talented across the board, defensively yeah. insane, yeah. offensively. Cooper Cup. How the hell does Cooper Cup always get open? You don't even bump that man down the center twice. You don't even touch him. You just let him run free. Makes no sense to me. But I was – I'm happy. I'm kind of upset. It would have been great to see Brady – would have been a quick trip for me to go to Tampa to, for the game instead of from New Jimmy York. Jimmy would have been happy. Jimmy would have been extremely happy. Yeah. But I'm happy to see Matthew Stafford get over the hump because everyone goes, he brought him to L.A. just for this. And to see him actually get over the hump and show that he's the quarterback that we all thought he was in, in Detroit without the support that he has now in L.A., it's good to see that. Plus, I, I like Sam McVay and Whitworth and all my boys there. Aaron Donald's one of my favorite to watch. See those guys play well like they're playing right now. They deserve it. Yeah. But Tampa, what a game, man. And I, I thought if this goes in overtime, obviously the Rams would lose, in my opinion. But Matthew made some big, big stops. I mean, big throws. And I can't believe Tampa just let my man run free twice. It's incredible. There was so much stuff this weekend defensively and like coaching decisions, you know, from the squib kick in, in, at Arrowhead, which I saw in person, the lack of the squib kick, to letting Kelsey free access to Jamar Chase on an island with Janoris Jenkins with the game on the line. Like, I mean, we could call these plays some. I, you know, I don't want to make coaching seem too simple. The thing that I hated about the Rams game, or would have hated about the Rams game, and I had the Rams and I'm rooting for Matt Stafford, is that if they had lost that game, people would have held that against Matt Stafford. You know, it's yeah. kind of like holding the Super Bowl against Matt Ryan. You know, it's, it's, it, the, these are not games that these quarterbacks lost. So I, I would have felt really bad for Matt Stafford. The mistakes they made in the second half, most of them outside the snap, and I don't even know whose fault the snap was, probably Matt Stafford's. He I wasn't even looking, though. Yeah, like no. called in plays. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know either. But I would have felt bad for Stafford. So the big question is, Aaron Rodgers, you think he stays, you think he goes. I mean, it's pointless for us to speculate, but that's what we're doing now. That's what's on the docket this week in sports media. I think Aaron Rodgers goes. I think he's too afraid to go, man. You know, I was thinking it's very hard to finish your career in one place he's so talented though. He can play anywhere and there would be no shortage of suitors for him. Yeah. Even at 37, our old year, 37, 38, maybe he is too afraid. Maybe he's too afraid to start over his legacy, whatever it may be. But I, I just think that after coming into the season, the way he came into it, is he going to be there? Is he not? All, yeah. the, all the controversy, all the COVID controversy, everything else. Maybe at this point, hell, what the hell? Just start fresh. It's just like where, because when Tom, you know, Tom picked the Bucks and the Bucks were like this laid out all-star team kind of thing and in the NFC, although the NFC South is tough, like it's not the AFC and when you look at like 
Rodgers and some of his options, people talking about Denver. Sorry, Cowboy Reed, our producer loves the Broncos. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not joining a division where there's Mahomes and Herbert, and I'm not going to a conference where there's you know Burrow and all these guys like if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, where do I actually have a better chance than 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 Green Bay if they retain Devontae Adams, which they could franchise him. So, like, hey, you want to go somewhere without Devontae Adams? Be my guest. That's what the last three quarters of that San Francisco game looks like. They bracketed him, took him away, and they, he just – he everything was checked down city. So, I don't know if that looked like a preview to him of somewhere else, but I think he stays. I don't know. You think Brady's done? Um, I think that Brady I, – I didn't think so. I don't until, think so. Until, you know, watching some of his comments – and I think this time it seems a little bit more serious when he talks about how his wife feels and his time with the kids. It kind of felt like before he was saying it in a, uh, you know, like a little yeah. funny way, like if there was, you know, like hey, a little joke about it. I don't feel like there's a joke about it at this point. And I'm just looking at what he's been doing the last few years um, with his business outside of the game of football. He's built some successful businesses and he continued to do that. That if he'd retired, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever, or not one bit. I, I talked to him last week, and of course, this was not a topic of conversation. I just almost—I know he's been around for so long, but it seems like a part of football dies when he leaves the game. No question. Yeah. For me, like I've seen him for so long, and I appreciated it for so long. But, you know, I, I hate to see him go out the way that they went out this this last game, if that's the way it's going to end. I would like for him to do what I wish I had done. Say you're going to retire and then at least get a chance to do that whole victory lap. That's, that's why I don't think he's retiring. I think his career has been too great, I think. And he's never been like a look-at-me guy. I mean, but I do think there has to be an element if you're one of the best quarterbacks. Well, I mean, Ben did one. I mean, I know that's more of a yeah. Ben thing, but... I feel like getting a, hey, this is it, would be huge for the league and big for Brady. I know that's not why he wants to do it, but I think it'd be fun for the fans to know, like, this is the last one. So every stop at that stadium that he he's played in a hundred times, you know, every matchup would be just more juiced. I think it'd be fun. But yeah, you're right. He's been he's been away a long time from yeah, his like family. Peyton had one. Like Peyton had, Eli had one. Yeah. Ben had one of all of them. If anybody, Brady deserved to have that, man. I would just hate to see him say, yeah, I'm done. But as you know, Chris, as we all know how hard it is to mentally and physically get ready year after year after year. So if he did decide to call it quits, he deserves it. Yeah. And heck, just, you know, if I had just a quarter of those Super Bowls he had, I'd be one happy man. But to sit here and, you know, seven Super Bowls, 10, or 10 appearances, I want to say. Yeah. No one, I don't know whoever who's ever gonna match that. And not even I know Patrick Mahomes is still young and Herbert's still young and 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 you know all these great quarterback Josh Allen, but what he's done is just I think almost impossible to imagine anybody else following up. Yeah, especially with but, free agency and everything the way it is now. It's like yeah. you know, just you said stadiums. Stadium. How loud was Arrowhead? Arrowhead. And then what's LA going to look like on Sunday? Okay, Arrowhead was not the loudest place I've ever been to, but me and Pops were, I mean, Pops played there. It was pretty surreal, straight, to see Dad, who fought people in that stadium, you know, like, you know, they had fist fights in that stadium, sitting in a Kansas City Chiefs suite with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, know, gear on, and 
taking that whole thing and watching a, a 40 point fourth quarter that's got to be held for a guy from the 80s watching that but we had a lot of fun and i thought arrowhead was the coolest one of the coolest stadiums i've ever been to i think seattle and new orleans are the loudest two places i've played i don't know about you michael what do you think the no loud, like pure loud seattle number one and which is amazing because it's outdoors yeah and I don't know if because Paul Allen was a music guy, acoustics and all that stuff, you can't even understand your own thoughts. It's yeah. so loud. And New Orleans is another one, but that's a dome. You kind of assume it. So, yeah, Seattle for me. But what I loved about Kansas City, first time I ever played there, rookie year or so, and they didn't tell me that when you do the national anthem and they go, and the home of the, and you're going, you're thinking brave. And all of a sudden they go, Jeez. Yeah. Man, I had hair standing up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I had hair because the stand up in some of the places my hair stood up. Dude. I was like, scared the hell out of me, man. I'm like, you got to warn a brother before you do that. But it was the most unifying thing uh, to watch the fans do that. And that was also the first place um, we played after 9 11 happened. Yeah. And, and they were so incredible to us. Uh, man, I have a special place in my heart for Kansas City Chiefs and their fans. And it was weird seeing your dad, though, in Chiefs gear because that wouldn't have happened unless you're, you know, if your brother wasn't there. We Dude, all know that, that is it's the craziest thing seeing my family in that red and yellow gear. I want to do a thing with D Lyman here. You got a big car collection that popped online the last couple of days. I see that you're a man of expensive great taste i mean some of these cars are beautiful i wouldn't know what the hell to do with some of them i'll do trey hendrickson as the first example white d head so i was gonna do d lyman as cars so like you i say a d lyman you tell me what kind of car they'd be trey hendrickson i have jeep Trackhawk. it's the new uh luxurious and practical jeep grand cherokee it's got an amazing 707 horsepower supercharged 6.2 hemi V8 engine, zero to 60 in impressive 3.5 seconds. And you can find these on private school campuses all over <laughs> the United States, just like Trey Hendrickson. Uh, and Trey Hendrickson, I think the thing that makes him so great is he's so fucking twitchy and he's got great hands. Uh, and if you look at him, you're like, ah, it's a Jeep Grand Cherokee. But then you see what's under the hood. Uh, that's yeah. my Trey Hendrickson. So I'll give you, let's say Nick Bosa. You're a, you're a man with a lot of cars. Good, yeah, thank way. you. Thank you. If I'm Nick Bosa? Yeah, what kind of car is Nick Bosa? Or is he a Nick Bosa reminds me of my um uh, my LA truck that I drive and I'm out there. It's a uh brand new Ford F one fifty Shelby Super Snake. Seven hundred and seventy five horsepower, but it's the off road version that's jacked up a little bit, look good, <laughs> bend the black, looking sweet, stripes down the middle, and that is Bosa because he, he can do it all, man. He's not afraid to get muddy and dirty, but he's not afraid to do a little finesse and run as well. But this guy is built like a tank. His motor never stops. Yep, yep. I love watching him. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Him and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm Aaron Donald. Yep. Who are the, the, my favorite lineman to watch. So Bosa. he's the Chef Super Snake F-150 off-road. That Super Snake have the traps go up to the ears on that thing, just like Nick Bosa. I don't know. I'm like, man, all the lifting in the world, I'd never look like that. You know what's so funny? Your dad's like Michael. He's like six four. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. He is. Yeah, he's big. I'm looking at your dad. I'm like Howie. He's got to be like six two. At no, the he's 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 six four and built like a stump. Uh, he, yeah, he's kind of like Justin Tuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, give me Von Miller as a as a car. I would make Von Miller probably a Porsche SUV. 
Porsche SUV. I like that. He's still so got. Maybe, he's maybe still not got even it. SUV. Maybe like a Porsche Turbo. The very fast acceleration stops on a dime and changes directions and handles well. Panamera, I say, because a guy like Fred Robbins, it feels like it. You know, it's sturdy enough to drive it. Freddie had a Panamera. Fast foot Freddie, baby. Fast foot Freddie. All right, last one. Let's go, Aaron Donald. Oh, Aaron Donald. Jeez, what can Aaron Donald be? Aaron Donald's a McLaren F1, where it's such a rare car, one of the most expensive cars in the world, which he's one of the most expensive players in the world, but it's the car that everybody wants, but only those who are fortunate enough to afford it can have it. Beautiful. It is. Beautiful. And the Rams, affording it is not an issue. No draft pick. <laughs> Just hey, we should make a comeback, man. I got a left like Weddle. Like Weddle. How unbelievable. I mean, hey, what age could you stop rolling out of bed and play on, on a whim? You get toward all. But well, you, how many plays do you need, though? 15. Oh, 15 plays? I could do that right now. There we go. All right. All right. Michael Strahan, uh, and you heard all the stuff he's involved in. The MSX, uh, Carl Banks. Uh, collab is out soon, and I can't wait for some free gear because if it's free, it's me. If it's free, give me three. That's what you got to say. <laughs> right. I right, appreciate bro. you guys, man. Great talking to yeah, you. Yeah, great seeing you, man. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. I enjoyed that uh, that little exercise. We should just do this more regularly. <laughs> just people as cars. Somebody comes up in the news, we do a, a car thing. This can be like our thing. Who is Reed? What kind of car is Reed? Reed is a Subaru Outback. Nah. I'll take it. No. Nah. <laughs> it's all right. No, I, I got Reed what as What do you a, mean it's all right? It's a lovely car, reliable. Like new last five years or like 2005 Subaru Outback with like 140,000 miles on it. Yeah, one of them. Crunchy, a <laughs> lot of bumper stickers. But you climb Mount Washington. Yeah, but also I see I you as a as <laughs> a Jeep yeah. Grand Cherokee. Like mm. like, and I keep naming white guys Jeeps on this show. Are we all Jeeps? Just all Jeeps. Yeah, you're a station wagon. I don't know why I see a station wagon with you. But a cool one, a Volkswagen like station wagon. Like an Audi. Wagon. Does Audi make a yeah, station yeah, wagon? Yeah, they do. Audi does. Yeah, that's kind of like you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're, you're a, a cool retro Jeep Grand Cherokee. In good condition, though. Not one of the beaters. Well, like make, a good, him, uh, like make a, him a Wagoneer what? with a wood panel. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah you want to yeah, be yeah. a Wagoneer. Yeah, yeah, dude. I want a Wagoneer so bad. There's a place in Madison that has like 15 Wagoneers They're just cool. out back. I want one so bad. Out back. The Wagoneers, they hold their value. I read, I too want a, a, a Wagoneer. I don't want a Wagoneer, but I did see Chris Stapleton on 60 Minutes, which, by the way, was awesome. I saw and he, too. yeah, to, to something yeah. we both saw. Wow. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, of course. Kentucky. 
University of, of Kentucky guy. For, well, for Vandy first. Vandy, Vandy out of high school then, and transferred. And then transferred to Kentucky. He, said, he, nah. he hit the portal. But he has a, a Wagoneer. You remember that? Somehow I missed that part of the interview. He didn't strike. It was a 13-minute interview. He didn't strike me as a Wagoneer guy. Was oh, that the oh one? that's what his wife gave him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he drove and, it back from yeah, whatever. Yeah, and that's how the road, road traveler. Yeah. Incredible. This this guy's incredible. I, I, anyways, I don't want to get a, on a Stapleton there, tangent. There's a Wagoneer. It's $18,000. I think it's a 72 with only 5,000 miles on it uh, locally Ooh. for wow. sale. Ooh. I want one. Craigslist or? Craigslist. It's gone now. I once had disposable income. Now I have a family. But I want one for my birth year. Probably uh, white. With birth the, year with the wood paneling. Birth the, year. Birth year is like the year you were born. Like that's the year. Oh, you want it in that year? Okay, right, right, got right. it, got it. I, I thought it was like you want something for your birthday. There's a special birthday coming up. Oh no, no, no. What are you gonna do when you're forty? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I don't. Okay. Second question. Off that stray hand interview, we have anybody to, to cast for my dad? Because Strahan copped out of that one. I was thinking John Cena. You know, he's got the nice flat top. And some Tom Cruise Cruise shoes. Get him in some Tom Cruise shoes. Kurt Russell could have done it. Kurt Russell, I I feel like, easily could have done it when he was younger. Maybe we're overlooking the obvious candidate, at least a while back, is Howie Long himself. How long you're right. Him. Mm. You're right. Or, you know, like, or Kevin Gar- like Kevin Garnett played himself in exactly um, the movie with Adam Sandler that I can't think of right now. Uncut Gems. The Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Easy. That's Easy. Good. Howie Long. Drago Dolph from Rocky, of course. Famous yeah. people with flat tops. Will Smith. The first result. Okay. Fuck Possible. It. Seems right. Doesn't seem wrong. So are you now part of this like cool boy Chiefs fan club with I am. Paul Rudd and John Hamm? I am. While my brother's on the team, you can count me as one of the boys. Rudd, you know, Rudder, <laughs> Pitter, B-Rad, B-Rad, Rudder, and uh, Hambone. Did you tomahawk chop? No, I didn't tomahawk chop. Staying away from that one for a little bit. Good. Seeing how that sorts itself out. Um, what about what Strahan said? Did you did you yell home of the Chiefs? Now I I didn't do any of that stuff. I just kind of observed, and the energy in that stadium is incredible, dude. Like it really is. You, I mean, insane. I, I blabbed about it on the last podcast, but it's incredible. It's probably the best atmosphere I've seen a pro football game. I mean, now taken out of being a player, um, you know, I I played there. At Arrowhead, once as a player when we were in Philly Super Bowl year, but we weren't that regarded as being that good early in the season. And they didn't pack it, really. It was kind of a funny crowd, like noon game. This shit was was live. And I got to see maybe one of the best games of all time. Certainly one of the best two minutes onward. Yeah, dude. And it was fun to go back and watch on TV because you could kind of hear the reactions you could hear the silence after gabriel scored the touchdowns i love watching on tv when a, a team on the road goes in somewhere hostile and like after a score my favorite sound in football is kind of like the sporadic cheering that's my favorite sound in football not the other night because i thought my brother's season was over um but incredible i like people have thrown around the 2011 divisional round game between the uh Saints and Niners, I think it was. Uh, 
I mean, I can remember, shit, if we get the Rams and the Chiefs, I mean, that, that game went 54-51, and Jared Goff was playing in that game. That's right. So, you know, is that going to be 60-57 to 57 now? I, like, I don't know. Like, I remember that game. I, I certainly, I think about Vikings-Rams. There was a great shootout to start the season uh, a couple years back. But this might have been it. When you, when you add, you know, the gravity of the quarterback matchup, the legacies on the line, and the spot, it'd be hipstery of me to, to think of a better game the last five, seven years. It was Allen and Mahomes, something we hopefully will see for the next decade or so. That's what it is. It's a, it's a preview. I mean, like, hopefully. You hope it's a preview. We gave best plane ride to Roger Goodell the other day because I think, like, you know, when he looks at the quarterback crop, especially in the AFC, which is a very traditional conference, there's a lot of really traditional, you know, teams and markets there. And then on top of that, the, the four games. I mean, like, you, the one that you thought got away from Raj, uh, it did not. And uh, although he misses out on, as we talked about with Strahan, Rodgers and, uh, and Brady, I, I hadn't even really thought about that until I talked to my dad, actually, and he was like, yo, people were freaking out when Gold hit that field goal. By the way, shout out to my dad. He had the Niners by three, Robbie Gold kicking a field goal to win. Yeah, nice. yeah. But all in all, I would say I'm pretty happy with this matchup this weekend because of the juice, because of the the history. Six in a row now for Shanahan. Seven out of the last ten. That's a very real thing. So, what's the best sporting event y'all have been to? I was thinking that I've seen. I don't know that I've seen a good NFL atmosphere because the vast majority of what are you trying to say of my games <laughs> have been at FedEx Field, right, or the Edward Jones Dome. Yep. Or two Super Bowls, both yours, which were awesome, but, but not really. They're more kind of sterile. They're corporate. Corporate cheering is just all the whole game. It's just people. It's like a, it's like a soccer crowd. Yeah. You know, it's like when they go down to Mexico to play. It's just cheering is just all over the place. Best best game I've attended is, and people are probably tired of hearing about the University of Virginia, but Virginia Purdue in the Elite Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say Texas Tech, Tanati, but I didn't too. get to see that one. Uh, Purdue jam, jammed the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky that day. Purdue fans did. Yeah, I got, I got two. I can't decide between it. And similarly to making a lot of the NFL games I saw were at the Edward Jones Dome, unfortunately. But I saw when George Mason made <laughs> Imagine that Imagine playing. <laughs> yeah, in, sorry. And then going to Arrowhead and being like, oh, some guys played here 10 years. Yeah, I think I was at that game where the field was on fire, by the way. That was interesting. Yeah, field caught oh, on yeah. fire. Yeah, playing the Steelers my in intros. My two uh, best games I've been to, I saw George Mason take down UConn uh, on the way to the Final Four and then saw the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, win Game 3 of the 2013 World Series on the uh, obstruction call at the plate. Very controversial. Who could forget? Yachty was probably involved. Big, big, big baseball fans here. How's your team doing, by the way? Which one? Blue Jays. Oh, good. We're having a good off season. Good. Yeah. Zero and zero, Phillies. I actually don't know that we're having a good off season. I, don't I think we lost. I, don't know I think we lost our ace. <laughs> I don't know what's going on uh, either. Baseball is currently locked out, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're taking yeah. a break. Right. We're cooling down. Yeah. Cool down. Looking for the keys. That's what we they they take they're going to lunch. They, right. You know, they couldn't get the hello and then yeah. they just they, they took a lunch break. Yeah. They'll be back. Struther, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Reed, what about you? Best sporting event. I uh I saw Michael Jordan score forty three points four days after his fortieth birthday. 
On the Wiz? On the Wiz. And I was, I think I was like 10 years old. Um, and I didn't fully understand it, but I knew that this guy was really good at basketball. That is pretty damn cool. So what do we think about the OT rules, man? That's, that's the big conversation coming off this game. <laughs> I, I was reading Barnwell. He, he posed four options. We've heard most of them. Uh, hit me. Well, I will hit you, but first I want to hear, yay or nay, change the overtime rules. Don't yes. tell me how you think they should change. Absolutely. Okay, change. Matt? Yeah, for sure. In the playoffs. Cowboy? Agreed. Change. Chris? I got no issue with what happened the other night. Now I have an idea if we're going to change them. Okay, but hold on. I said this the other day. It's like nothing good. Al Gro, you say nothing good happens after midnight. Like, try to avoid being at the bar after midnight. Of course, he wasn't thinking like, you know, some good things happen, but not that you hear about. And the same thing with getting into overtime. Like, just avoid getting into overtime. You take, you take your life into your own hands. It's a coin flip. But we had so much fun those final two minutes, in part because the defenses were gassed. So the coin flip, there was so much put into that coin flip because Buffalo... It, by some metrics, the number one defense in the NFL wasn't going to be able to keep up. Here's my idea, and then I'm going to tell you what Barnwell posed. Well, I'll tell you what Barnwell posed. F- 15 full minutes, okay? Eh, it's cool. Okay, it could be well, fun to see somebody in desperation chasing. What if we're still tied? Great question. Next. <laughs> well, wait, this is similar to my proposal where you play 15 full minutes. Yeah. But if either team goes up by more than eight, mm-hmm. the game is over mm-hmm. and that team wins. Mm-hmm. And if it's tied at the end of the 15 minutes, we have a field goal kickoff, alternating Ooh. field goals from the 50 or for 50 yard field goals for each team, alternating until somebody doesn't match the other team. No, you just keep moving the ball backwards. Yeah, we could play around with it. I like shootouts. I would love a kickoff. I have a feeling football players would not like a kickoff. A quarterback skills competition. <laughs> they roll out Pump the fucking doc- kick. They roll out the Dr. Pepper thing. Yes. You know? Only not for scholarships. 40-yard dashes. That's really a fucked up deal when they do the Dr. Pepper thing a little bit because at the no end kidding. of the day, somebody's not going to college. You know what I mean? No, nah, it's all kinds of screwed up. It's all kinds of screwed up. Extremely dystopian. It's also really dystopian because you're kind of like, damn, you got to set up this Hunger Games type thing at the middle of a football game uh, to see who can get educated. <laughs> like, did you see Stanford Steve's tweet the other day? No. He was courtside at some college basketball game and some kid was having to make yeah. a half court shot for a, <laughs> Fucking for a ton 500 of 500 bucks. Oh, 500 bucks, yeah. was it? Anyway, gearing up to see a great shot, and he just doinked it off doinked the back. Doinked it. That was the best part about yeah, the post. That was, was. Steve's best was IG work. But yeah, no, preset. They talk about preset. Preset would be like you know somehow who gets the ball before the game. I, I don't mind that Okay. based upon some, you know. Like do the coin, coin flip, flip before the game, and then that way you know. No, I think something perf- performance-based, like whether it's the higher seed gets the ball or. Either way, I like it. Okay. Play to eight. It's kind of, you know, what you got to convert the two-point conversion. That's that's drama, I guess. Here's my idea. I don't even, I don't like play to eight. Do you like the idea? How's the idea going so far? Not great. Okay. Overtime. So like tied at the end of regulation? Tied at the end of regulation. Okay, I'm with you. You go out there. There's no coin toss necessary at all. The two sides, because you have an offense and defense on both teams, are all going to be on the field. Okay, bear with me. Everybody's on the field. 44. Everybody out on the field. 
You know, like, and I'm just waving people out there. You motherfuckers go on this side, Kansas City offense, Bills defense on this side, Bills offense, Kansas City defense on the other side, and you both alternate plays. The first team to score wins. You alternate plays. So Buffalo, Josh Allen takes a snap. You got to decide if you're going to take shots uh, because every time you run out of downs, you move back to the 50, or are you going to run your offense? Uh, if you're Kansas City, are you going to matriculate the ball down the field slowly, knowing that Buffalo might go for broke and get backed up to the 50, and if you just take your time, or is Buffalo going to hit Gabriel down the seam for 30 and the game's over on the second play of the overtime? I like how Gabriel's now a, now a first-name guy. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, this no, could be the rule, No dude. field goals, though. No field goals. No field goals. And then where are we starting the 50? Can, can I propose like the 40 just so we can have everybody out there at the same yeah, time? Yeah, but people got to get out of the way. It's alternating. You don't want to play the, the plays at the same time. If you're playing the plays at the same time, you can't, you can't focus. It's like watching all the games on Sunday. What if it's same amount of plays? S- same amount of plays. Oh, same amount of plays. <laughs> <laughs> we keep coming back to the problem with tying. No, but you know what? If there's the same amount of plays, then maybe you do your kickoff. You know? Okay. First one to hit a 60-yarder. Or maybe you both have to go for two. That increases the chances of a... But you know I'm on to something here with the split-screen thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't dislike it at it's all. Kind of, it's kind of a tight idea, guys. I mean... What are the issues with the college overtime rules? I don't think like there's those? a great deal of, of it, issue there, except for that the NFL is a passing league, and you know that shrinks the field, and so maybe... They don't want to see things look more pedestrian offensively, although I love the drama of the red zone. Here's one. Yeah. Uh, the second, the team that's been scored on, and in this case we're talking about the Bills, they get the ball back. Yeah. They get kicked off too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they have a chance to go score. Yeah, got it. And then if they don't score, I don't know. Split screen seems more fun. It it is, and it, it it is. I like it a lot. Okay, good. I'm I just saying there a- there also seems to be a pretty simple solution in that the other team gets the ball too, and then they go down and score. They can but it's kick like, an extra it's point. Like they it, can go for two. It's like officiating and people complaining about officiating. Like I am done with this shit. Like no, you're not. I looked at the ratings the other day. Like the, this this is an unkillable product no doubt and officiating won't kill it overtime certainly isn't going to kill it because what's anybody going to do show me the person who hates this rule more than anybody on the planet and that motherfucker is still going to sit in that chair and watch the end of the game the bills fans are going to watch next weekend the bills fans are going to watch next weekend the chiefs fans who were complaining about this rule three years ago they love it now just win the toss man tails does fail occasionally occasionally hey when it comes to that matchup this weekend, big thing to watch for, what, how aggressive is Spags going to be? At the end of the first meeting, towards the end, like there was some zero stuff. There was some, hey, like aggressive pressuring of Joe Burrow. And like we know that's not how you want to play Joe Burrow. How you want to play Joe Burrow is, is how Tennessee played him. But that's a luxury, like to have a four-man rush that can do that. That four-man rush... I mean, in Tennessee, they just get vertical. They are they create a very muddy pocket. And a guy like Jeffrey Simmons, who was dominant, he does a great job of running to little creases. Like he has great vision and he never stops running and he finds small creases for such a big guy. I also want to say this. Autry, uh, he balled out. Like 
to me, he's he looked like the second best player in that D line, and like Landry's, you know, probably could argue he got snubbed this year. Simmons definitely got snubbed, but Autry doesn't get talked about at all, and he's got two more years on his deal, so he's he's not up. But that's the type of game I was kind of wondering what got in this guy. Nine sacks this year um, in the regular season, as well as that performance this weekend. I mean, this guy was beating everybody. Tennessee, great D-line. Not everybody has it. So the Bengals, I know their O-line's bad, so you think like everybody's going to get after him that way. It just it depends on the matchup. It depends on, on, on what you do. Now, here's the biggest concern for me with Kansas City is like Tyron Matthew, who caught, I think, Jaron Reed's knee to the head uh, over the weekend, he's in concussion protocol. I imagine he'll be out there this weekend, but if he's not, you saw what that looks like. Uh, him not being out there, signal caller, the player, the leader, the secondary at times look kind of lost. Well, Juan Thornhill's a lot better when when Matthews out there. Just, I mean, like anybody. I mean, like those are two, those are two. That's a position people overrate the edge rusher pair thing. Two safeties, okay? Like everything they do is tied together. They're tied together on a string, you know. So it's very important to have that guy there. Period. Uh, in a vacuum, but what he does for everybody else is really important, especially against a, a team like the Bengals, who although Joe and the Bengals have not been as prolific on the road scoring the football, which is part of the reason why I took the under, look at the numbers with, with them on the road versus them at home. I think you're in trouble even at home if the Honey Badger can't play. I like the Chiefs in this matchup. I do. I'll say that early in the week. I don't know if I like the Chiefs you know, lay in the seven, although what I just told you about the Bengals offense being so different uh, on the road, like Arrowhead's a bad place to to struggle to get out the gate. Um, I don't know if I lay the points, but I definitely like the Chiefs. The Bengals, man, I remember a couple months ago going on some very prominent people's shows and, you know, rating them high in the AFC and kind of like getting a little bit side-eyed and like, well, they're not a real team this year. Like, no, they're a real team because they have resolve. Like they've won a lot of different ways. They've won high scoring games. They've won low scoring games. Um, you know, they just knocked out two teams that were basically like cockroaches. You cannot kill the Raiders. You couldn't kill the Titans. They killed them both. Um, think about the punch that they took on the road in Tennessee. Okay, not only did they give up ten sacks or nine sacks or whatever it was a bunch of pressures. Uh, at one point, I thought Joe Burrow hurt his knee again. Like he was really getting beat up there. There was a Jeffrey Simmons sack where he baptized the guard and it was the type of sack where I watched the game on end zone on end zone tape, which obviously has no sound. It's some plays are so loud. You can hear it on the end zone tape. There's no sound. I can hear that play like Nissan Stadium was rocking. And, you know, when you talk about that P Ryan drop that led to that hooker pick, um, and by the way, he, he was damn near a hollow man. I felt so bad for him. You know what happens that next play, especially on the road. Like, you know what happens. Here comes a shot, especially at midfield. And A.J. Brown catches that ball from Tannehill, who threw a lot of shitty balls this weekend. That was maybe the, the most underrated play of, of the weekend. I mean, he put the damn cell phone on a woozier right on his ear. And right after that fumble, they tie that game at 16. That's a punch that a lot of teams don't come back from, especially young teams. Um, when we played New Orleans on the road in the playoffs, actually the last game of my career, 2018, I wouldn't say it's a similar situation, but we kind of 
held a team like New Orleans in check, who's built in a lot of ways the same way, physical, well-coached, the whole thing, home field advantage. We held them in check. We had kind of like a two-score lead the whole game. And then when they drew close and tied it up, you can just feel like, fuck. You know, we had this thing, and now it's, it's out of our grasp because Ty goes to the home team, the team that's reeled off two straight scores, team that created a turnover. Um, in our case, it was a fake punt. It was a fourth down conversion uh, in the red zone. You're not supposed to come back from that. So I do believe in the Bengals' resolve, and I want to say this. The Bengals' defense, we didn't talk about this enough on the pod. They're going to have to show up big this weekend. And honestly, I didn't think they'd show up big this weekend. And they did. Like, from the beginning, here are some things they did. The Bates picked the first play. Okay, like, getting them on the board, kicking a field goal on the road. DJ Reader played great. I tweeted about that last night. I went back and took a second look. I mean, this guy was so dominant. You talk about a group with Ogan Joby out, um, who they play a lot of, like, kind of bare front stuff with a nose and two threes. And they were thin at the position where they're heavily populated in the middle. They they held up fine, and DJ Reader was a big part of that. Like Derrick Henry wasn't able to get going. In fact, I think actually they, they should have ran Foreman more. Um, Reader was dominant. You had the two point conversion tackle uh, that was huge. Mike Hilton picking the red zone that was right after Foreman got rolling. Um, did a great job of rounding his read. Kind of kind of saw you know Tannehill sees him coming. Reads hot. Um, and as as uh, as Hilton's running in to take the running back, kind of rounds it off, comes back upfield, makes the pick, uh, and then third and fourth down s- stops. Like th- that's what the game came down to was actually the Bengals defense making plays. So they deserve a lot of credit. I mean, Sample made that stop on third down, then on fourth down, all those fucking pullers. I hated the call, but they absolutely blew that thing up. Sam Hubbard had great penetration. Reader had great penetration. 55 came downhill. That was the type of play that if they make a run, you will remember that play. I mean, that was a statement play by that defense. And then, of course, the Logan Wilson interception with the big assist by Eli Apple, your guy. Yeah, Eli Apple, uh, career resurrection after um, some... You can uh, say you didn't like him in New York. Uh, wasn't great in New York. Wasn't great in New Orleans. Okay, a lot so of penalties. Well, listen, this was a big play, and that again got set up by Reader. Nobody's going to talk about this. No gain on first down, you know, knocks, uh, I think it was Henry down in the backfield, and eventually it sets up third and five. Little things that this defense and big things that this, this defense did all day. Yeah, this team is, I'm not saying they're going to beat Kansas City, but you just can't count them out. I, I like Kansas City. I'm excited about this game. I, I picked the Bengals the first time. Jeff Schwartz has hit me up three times now as if. He didn't hit me up the first and the second, asking me if I want a rematch mm-hmm. to run the money back. He owes me money. Jeff, you owe oh, me money. Oh, he hasn't paid up yet. No, he hasn't paid up. He's just asked me three times as if, like, it's a proposition that, I, you know, like, that I'm flinching at if I want to run it back. No one said the, the Chiefs were the worst team. We said that they would win that game because it was that time for the Chiefs to catch a loss, and the Bengals were at home, and the Bengals were rolling a little bit, so... I think this is a totally different ball game. Think about this. The Chiefs that lost to the, the Bills. How much differently did that game look? I mean, a lot different. The Chiefs lost to the Bengals. This game, I would imagine, is going to look different as well. Um, and I don't know of too many teams that get multiple revenge opportunities in the postseason. Chiefs are going to have two of them. 
Burrow went 446, four touchdowns in the last one. It's too much and uh, too many big plays and spags. Uh, and they still hit him. Like he was still pressured and that sort of thing. We'll see how Chris Jones uh, or how 77 and 67, the, the interior guys for the Bengals hold up uh, blocking Chris Jones and that sort of thing. But make no mistake about it. The Chiefs pass rush up front is not the, the, the Titans pass rush. Not in four-man rush. They create a lot of chaos in Tennessee. I'm not saying they're better players. Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, depends. Uh, Frank Clark, Landry, I like Frank Clark. You know, Melvin Ingram or, I don't know, Autry or whoever your th- your third guy is there. I think it's probably Tennessee that has, has the edge up front uh, just because of the way they can rush Burrow. So they have a, a puncher's chance up there. What do you think about that over number 54? Is 54 the number? I like the under. I do like the under. How oft were you thinking of the uh, of the total when you were there on Sunday? I wasn't because it was the one thing I didn't bet. Like, I, I gave out the over, but I bet the Chiefs. So, again, like another hot weekend. I showed you the, the – I mean, it's legit. You're my witness. Yeah. Is that uh, – is that disingenuous to give it out? It's like your parlay and you don't bet it? I don't think people that, I don't think you have to bet everything you give out. I think there's tiers of like what you give out. Like when I'm giving out eight things, I'm not going to bet all eight. I mean, like, okay. I might bet seven. Right. Um, it's just, it was on there on the app with your picture and everything. No question. I stayed away. I bet it. Wow. And honestly, the over, I mean, they get, they get a stop on fourth down late in that game. It, it like, had a the, chance to hit. I was sweating it. The under 58 and a half is what it was, was the one thing. Now, to be fair, I gave the over out. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes sense. One more thing from Saturday, because like this, this last pod was such a whirlwind doing it in Kyle's little gamer basement on like four hours of sleep. The Niners. I don't know if enough people are talking about Fred Warner uh, a week ago. We thought he was dead on the field. Like, I, I, I thought, I was like, man, this is terrible for, like, we were talking about him like he was going to get IR'd. I mean, the injury didn't look great. He looked healthy. I mean, he was coming downhill early, and I, I don't know if you remember a couple plays before he forced that fumble on Mercedes Lewis, which was the turning point in the game. Make no mistake about it. Mercedes Lewis trucked him. Like, like you wouldn't remember this, but he, he, he blocks him, like, nine yards downfield, uh, he kind of caught Fred, you know, looking behind him and dumped him. Fred, two, three plays later, like a bat out of hell comes in and takes that ball off Mercedes Lewis, who doesn't fully put it away, kind of caught it awkward. And we said on the live stream read, we said they have to be careful giving the ball to Mercedes Lewis in the red area because he's been funky with, with ball security. And lo and behold, that offense was averaging like eight eight yards of play until that issue and they never looked the same after that after that turnover and i'm not saying it was Mercedes lewis fault it just was an unfortunate uh fumble and i'm going to put it more on fred warner and just like fred warner has been such a great player for them he deserves a lot of credit if they make it to the super bowl if you know if they win a super bowl that's one of those plays that they should be talking about in san francisco for a long time because they're at the 45 yard line the packers have not stopped moving the football and from that point on, Rodgers did not look the same. About the same time, the Niners started getting pressure. I mean, fourth and two with seven to go in the second. They punt. They're at like midfield. Third and ten in the third. They haven't done anything. They checked down to, to Jones. Like, not really inspiring 
aggressiveness from uh, from the Packers once the pass rush started getting there and once Devontae Adams was taken away and after that play. And one more guy to mention. And, and that was Fred Warner's career-high PFF score for a single game, and he had the highest score in the game, 94.3. I mean, he balled. He balled. Even PFF probably got it right. But, like, so big game for him. One more, the Jaquiski tart tackle on Aaron Jones, like getting him down. I think it was before the half. I mean, at that point, you go you go down fourteen nothing, uh, where they they turn Aaron Jones loose and he's running down the sideline. It's over. And in fact, that forced uh, I believe the block field goal. Correct. Was that? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Seven nothing. Then the Mercedes fumble at the plus forty one. Yep. Yep. Then three and out. Three and out. Six plays in the punt you mentioned. Yeah. And then the the thirty nine yard field goal blocked. Yep. Mason Crosby. Yep. No, well, Aaron Jones, I don't know if that set up the block, but it, it, it they didn't get any points out of that drive. So um, that that tart tackle was big. And I don't know, man. I'm kind of excited about L.A. and San Francisco. I know we've been talking ourselves into this matchup. I like this. I hadn't even thought about the other option because, as you know, I had put the Rams through like <laughs> – I had the Rams beating the Cardinals three nights before the Rams beat the Cardinals. The Rams are good now. We put the Rams through before the season. Before the season, we did. Rams Chiefs. That was the that was the Super Bowl pick. So for a while there it didn't look didn't look like that could happen. And here we are again. I just don't want a Super Bowl rematch. Neither do I at all. I mean, I for me it goes Rams Chiefs. That's your best Super Bowl matchup. Would you agree? Yes. What's next? I really like Niners Bengals just because of Super Bowl, whatever the hell yep, it was. Yep, yep, yep. Rematch. That's who I have at three. Yeah. And then I have Rams Bengals too. Okay. That's so weird that it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And then and then Niners Bengals for the rematch reason. And then Niners Chiefs fourth. Right. That, that's uh, no thank you. Just Agreed. saw it. A lot of red. No thank you. And the Rams, man, they got to close games out. I mean, like we've talked about this a couple times. They've struggled to do so. And, you know, I read in the Barnwell article, after that bad snap, 11 out of 13 plays were runs. You know, trust your guy. You've got this great friendship with him. He's totally been the the best rebound kind of relationship for Sean McVay after Jared Goff. I mean, it's everything he was secretly fantasizing about. Now you have him. You know, Acres, you can't trust him with the ball. You can't trust him with the ball. Not after this weekend. Four-minute mode has to look different for these guys if they get up on San Francisco. And, I mean, the question is, can you beat a team three times in a season? It's happened 22 times in the NFL, in NFL history, right, Reed? It's happened way more than you think. So this is not one of those things. I think sometimes it becomes a cliche where you're like, oh, I'm going to take the team. It's impossible for them to lose three times. It's not impossible. The numbers say that it's very possible, and it's, in fact, probable. Niners are catching three and a half. Seems easy. Yeah, it seems seems easy. And as you discussed with the with the Bengals giving up the lead, so too did the Rams to the home team, twenty seven apiece. And if not for what happened at Arrowhead, we're probably talking more about that five plays, sixty three yards and forty two seconds to set up Matt Gay for the game winner. Right, exactly. So I mean, I think this is gonna be a, a fucking killer matchup. What do you think the crowd will be like in Los Angeles? Because you know it was mixed the last time they played the Forty Niners. Well, that that uh, yeah, it it sounded like a Niners home game at times, and so McVeigh this week 
comes out and says that he's imploring fans to show up and not sell their tickets to Niners fans. We've heard that before. It's an NFC championship game. You really need two stacks. To have to say that says it all about like the viability of football in LA. Football in LA is probably there to stay, I figure, because there's so much money in kind of the the PSL stuff and, you know, the the Super Bowl. I mean, you're already getting your dream situation. But the fan base, the people who are like populating the stadium, you know, the, the guy on the street asking him what the score of the Rams game was, like when they poll people, I don't think that poll goes real well. Hey, did you see Joe Burrow like kind of said the SEC stadiums are louder than the pro football stadiums? When did he say this? Like, yeah, that's a good question. You guys sent me that quote. Was that new or were they digging up an old quote from the preseason to stir some shit up before he goes to Arrowhead? Joe might be burrowing himself into a hole. I don't think he cares, dude. This guy's into danger. I mean, he really is. He was supposed to be a wingsuit guy. I, I love mean, this I, guy. I think most parents are like, oh, my, I'm worried about my son. He's going to play in the NFL. This is probably the safest job that he could have been. He just doesn't care. He's poking the bear going into Arrowhead. This quote was from back in October. Uh-oh. Oh, clickbait. Clickbait. Do you, Joe, do you stand by your statement from October that... In October, he had been at Soldier Field, at Heinz Field. Okay. At check, check. Ford Field. Checks out. At either currently or formerly M&T Bank Stadium. Checks out. At MetLife against the Jets. Checks out. That's likely the end of October. Yeah, we'll check back. Somebody needs to go back and ask Joe Burrow... You said this in October. Does it still stand? Has he played in in an atmosphere as tough as uh, over the first two years of his career? As tough as... uh, At Cleveland. That game didn't matter. He didn't play. At Philly. At Philly would be the toughest non-divisional. And then he's gone, obviously, to Baltimore twice. To Cleveland once. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy for him. I mean, an incredible test for a young player. Were they silent count on Saturday? They were, right? Yeah, they were silent. I think they were silent count. Yeah. yeah, silent count. Has anybody ever beaten you as badly and as regularly as Shanahan has beaten McVeigh? I don't know about a human being, but a force like pants. Pants haven't gotten pants right in thirty-five years, uh, and I'll go to the trouble of ordering a pants. And then they'll come in. They won't be I right. I have trouble with pants, too. Oh, my gosh. What's going on with pants? Yeah, because either the, the rise is too high or... Yeah, you got... Yeah. I'm with you. Pants have been a bugaboo for me forever. Big bugaboo. That's yeah. why I wear sweatpants like every day. Yeah. It sucks for you. You got to wear, wear real pants to work. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. It's what a lot of the you? reason why I podcast. Uh, Jason Peters and Pool. Oh, yeah, I used to be down to the eight ball all the time, and he just had this mind control over me where I would like just blow it. I would say the closest thing I was racking my brain for a minute, other than like some football teams that legitimately beat us six to seven times in a row, but that was because we sucked. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is one of these things where it's like you don't suck; they just kind of have mind control over you. Yeah, pants. Maybe pants for sure. Maybe, do you remember the uh, post-it era of our FIFA competitions? Yeah. Like you would sometimes crumble when, when they would actually be, 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 be listed on the wall. 
Oh, really? You know, you were good in like friendlies. Really? I don't count. remember it that way. Hmm. I remember you were on the edge of having to walk four miles up a hill in your underwear because I was beating you so often. Just double or nothing, double or nothing. Let's throw in a... By the way, I still owe you an ad, dude. Yeah. Which you've right. never cashed in on. So we used to play FIFA drunk. Like, can I say that? Sure. Okay, we were drunk. And after the bar, we would come home and play FIFA till like four in the morning, sometimes later, and make these just incredibly tough to pay up bets. And one of them landed on, actually one, one of the last wages we made was I was supposed to do a local real estate ad for you, which I have not done yet. And I want you to know, I'm airing a grievance out because uh, I think you're, you have withheld actually making me do that because you want to actually hold that over my head for eternity. Like at some point, 20 years down the line, you're going to at a dinner party be like, you never paid up that bet. It's not that. And everybody's going to go, what? I'm cool with you um, like sending me a paycheck every now and again, you know. Actually sending you an invoice for something would feel really, really dirty. I wouldn't want to do that. An invoice? Yeah. Like, hey, that cost two grand. Oh, you uh, would think that I would pay for the ad. I'm just saying I would appear in the ad. I'll give you the two grand off that I would have charged you to be in the ad. You would charge me $2,000 to appear in an ad? Fuck yeah, dude. Jeez. So what are we, or we're going to put you out in a field and then it's going to say Macon is outstanding in his mm-hmm, field, mm-hmm. even though yeah. okay. <laughs> Something like we've that. written it. I'll touch the wheat as I'm walking through. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be moving in this yeah. print ad. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll stop and say what I have to say. Yeah. That's okay. a video ad. We're on TV now. We should do a TV ad. I've got to pay for it, but you're going to appear in it. I'll split the proceeds oh, with you. Proceeds. Okay. Or the, I'll split the, <laughs> I'll split the production costs with you. Okay. You, I'm, I'm serious now. I'm on the record. I'm re- ready to pay up. I've been ready to pay up. Local ad during the Super Bowl. I don't know what, what local, those are. Local, yeah. Nothing. We'll find out. Pennies. But I think we could do a really uh, really robust kind of like... There could be some cattle. Why don't we do it like a campaign ad? Yeah. But just for your real estate. It's my backfire. Nah. This year, Super Bowl 56 is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February 13th. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket close to the day. Of course you can. Or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. You want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit on location, exp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. All right, you guys get some around the world stuff that you want to do and then we can get out of here. All right, so did you guys see what Neil Young posted last night? I did not, and I am anxiously awaiting. So Neil Young said to Spotify, you can either have Young or Rogan. You can't have both out of protest that um, allegedly Joe Rogan is spreading misinformation about vaccines. Uh, that Spotify is going to, going to choose Rogan. They are going to choose Rogan, which um, now I'm trying to think about a way that I can pirate all of Neil Young's brilliant music. Neil Young to title. Fuck title, dude. I'm probably still paying for title. I'm paying for title. I mean, like title is taking more money off people 
I've downloaded it for Jay Z, and then I just never used it. You should play all the Neil Young songs from Spotify right now into another phone on mm-hmm. a voice recorder, mm-hmm. just so you have all of them. Yeah, that's you lose a good them. idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. Some local news: there was a substitute teacher here in Charlottesville that was paid two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars by accident, and the county never realized their mistake. She returned it. What, what would you guys do if you were paid a bunch of money by accident? I would return it. I would give it to the things that I think need money in the county. I would become the county. But then I would keep a lot of it for myself. Like, hey, you think something needs something around here? And now I'm the county. Look at me. Is the county I'm the captain now. Breaking her off a piece for good Samaritanship or what? Of course not. I'd, I'd like to see them offer a full-time teaching job at least for all that honesty. Yes, holy shit. I want her teaching my kids. Teach your children well. Teach. Teach. You. You. You, you out on the road. She has a code. That she can live by. That is a, a dedicate that song to her. Speaking of Neil Young and stuff like that. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. I mean, there's several policies out there. Try that one. Here's a policy. Treat others as you would like to be treated. St. Thomas Aquinas. That's right. Nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. That's less a policy and more a, a Ralph quote. Waldo Emerson. Yeah. We'll try another one. It's not what your enemies do. It's what your uh, buddies do in silence. Yeah, it's Martin Luther King. You paraphrase you it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I, uh, Did you just paraphrase Martin Luther King? Yeah, well, what, 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 what I mean, come kind on. That's prob- how well prob- I... Problematic. That's how well I know it. It's ingrained. Did I you mean, just whitewash not. Martin Luther King? <laughs> Kind of problematic. You're going to end up in a space with Darren Ravel. Do you know any memorabilia? By the um, way, we, we kind of talked about this one day. Twitter has snuck in a conference call feature. It's essentially what they're doing. It's a conference call. Like who, who willingly joins a conference call for no reason? Like a social conference call. You would not catch me dead in a space. You wouldn't catch me dead there. Let's hop on one right now. No, that, that's a corner that Big Cat occupies. He goes in a bunch of spaces. It's his thing. People tell us to cease and desist. I don't even know. I have to, a bunch of 23-year-olds telling me to cease and desist. I, I, don't, I don't know how to get to them. I don't, I couldn't. We, yeah. are, we are a bit old. Yeah, we're old, dude. Yeah. You know what sometimes I refer to my uh, daughter as? What? The baby, you know? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to end the pot on that. You know, I heard Sue Grafton's at the Steamtown Mall. Who's Sue Grafton? She's a writer. Yeah, she's at the Steamtown Mall. Wait, I didn't even know we had a Steamtown Mall. Yeah, uh, if you go four miles north of Fashion Square. Steamtown. Yes, sir. That's what they call that mall? Yeah. There's Steam- a mall there? Steamtown Mall. Yeah, it's in Lackawanna County. It's, this is a whole thing from a movie. Like West of Madison. It's a whole thing from a movie, huh? What movie? The television show The Office. Oh, it's from The Office? Yeah. <laughs> the Steamtown Mall. I was like, where the fuck is the Steamtown Mall? Give me the context now. 
uh, they were shooting uh, a television ad for their company and they wanted a, a celebrity. And there was talk that a uh, writer, Sue Grafton, was at the Steamtown Mall. That's good stuff. So they sent Phyllis to go wrangle Sue Grafton. She was unsuccessful. <laughs> wrangle was the word? Uh, probably not. That was, that was mine. Take care. Oh.